This is a Polar Star Podcast. What's going on? I'm Murph, and this is Top Tree State. We're here in the Polar Star Podcast studios in South Portland, Maine. I'm in studio with producer extraordinarily Nason. How are you doing, Lee? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Excited to show this first episode of Top Tree State. Um, this is the first episode of anything that was recorded here in the Polar Star Studios. Um, it's very. Uh, it's been a, a long journey since this episode has come out, or we recorded it. Um, we, we're excited to get it out there. What did you think of this episode, Lee? Oh uh, man, it was like, it was a little bit nerves, but it was a lot of fun. And we went out and partied after to celebrate <laughs> breaking in the studio. Yeah. You know, that, that we, it, it took a few months to get going. And so this was kind of the culmination of all of that. And it, I think it really comes through in the talk with, with Dewey. Yeah. 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 It was great to have Dewey in as the first guest too, cause he's a really easy conversator and it was, uh, it was a good time. It was. Yeah. So with no further delay, here's the conversation with Andrew Doolittle of Pot and Pan. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you know that we are brought to you by Polar Star Podcasts, bringing you community conversations by highlighting the people, ideas, and industries that make Maine so unique. Please visit polarstarpodcast.com and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or creating a show of your own, email polarstarpodcasts at gmail.com or reach out through the website. Again, that's polarstarpodcast.com. And we're back with Top Tree State. We're here with Andrew Doolittle of Pot and Pan. And uh, Dewey, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show today, guys. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. So uh, talk to me about how you got first involved in the cannabis industry. So I was born in Maine, a town called Belgrade. It's about an hour north of Portland. And it was 2002, summer before sophomore year of high school. Um, Smoked my first weed. Me and a couple friends went camping and... Yeah, got totally high. Loved it. You got for, you got baked the first time you smoked. There's that like I got so baked, yeah. so baked. I inhaled. Um, I got the munchies so bad we didn't even cook What'd food. You eat? We brought lunchables, <laughs> <laughs> and we each ate like three lunchables, Dang. and it was sick. Yeah. We're just laughing. We're in the tents, and we hear like the we're out on this we're out on this island, and we hear the water hitting the rocks, and we think that there's like something coming to get us. So we have these big sticks for going around. Like, How old were you? Um, I was 15. I nice. just turned 15. So going into sophomore year of high school, and I had been wanting to smoke weed for a while. I yeah. just hadn't been able to find it. Uh, how old are you now? No, nah, I'm 33. I just turned So 33. you've been smoking more than 50% of your life. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Every day. Every day. Smoke weed every, every day. day. Awesome. Every day. Although I have you know, slowed down a little bit. I don't smoke quite as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, just productivity level, level. I'm so fucking for busy sure. right now. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so... Got really high, and then it took another like three months for me to find a bag of weed. Right, because I was like one of like the smart kids. My group of friends didn't really like like weed, yeah. and it's two thousand one where you two thousand two thousand two two thousand two. Yeah, um, 
So I finally get my this bag of weed, and it was must have been fresh at Maine Outdoors. Beautiful stuff. They called it Green Bud in my high school. And I was now I had a weed plug. It was great. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember like later that year, probably the outdoors ran out. So we were getting called it Mersh. It was like brown, seedy, crap weed. Yeah. And whatever. It was weed. We were still getting high. Mm-hmm. And um, then Beasters came out. This was about, you know, 2003, late 2003. We started getting Beasters. And they were these dense Canadian buds. Sometimes smelled like hay. Sometimes smelled really good. And I'm sure you guys all remember the beasts, oh, yeah. right? And yeah, and those were those were okay. And then I found this guy in town. Um, he lived in Waterville. It was the next town over from Belgrade. And he was doing like a small little closet grow. And this was my first experience with like a real strain. He was grow- growing Northern Lights number two. And he was selling it to me at 250 an ounce. And it, like beasters were like 200 an ounce at the time. So it was like definitely like the best deal. Yeah. It was awesome. And um, it's cool um, that you're like the main part of it where like there's so much local home grows, outdoor grows. That's really like around more like the accessibility for you at 15 was like, you know, I grew up like outside of Boston and there's no one's growing indoors. It was so hard to get weed because it was Maine is just like always had weed. Well, we've been decriminalized. There's a lot of forever, you know, so you can have like up to what, two ounces or something and you could just get a ticket. And um, you, they have really weird growing laws here. Like you could grow up to 99 plants and it would just be a misdemeanor. Mm. So people are doing 99 plant grows, taking down right. hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And, you know, all they're going to get is, you know, maybe a little bit of jail time, slap on the wrist type shit. Right. So, um, yeah, Maine's always been a place, you know, kind of like Humboldt County, but it's it's kind of been a secret because it's smaller, you know, but mm-hmm. people have been doing that up here, you know, forever, 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 forever yeah. since the 80s, you know. And so, yeah, there was really no no problem getting getting weed in Maine. And, you know, most of it, maybe not the merch, was all growing, for, growing in Maine. So graduate high school. I uh, went to UVM freshman year, and that was totally changed my life. That was when I saw my first headies, mm-hmm. and we got we we're getting these like it was like beginning of the freshman year. We we're getting these pineapple AKs. It was literally the most beautiful weed. I still remember it. Completely coated in crystals, golden, just fat, fluffy nugs, so perfect. And um, it was expensive. It was like 420 bucks an ounce is what we were paying. And we just go, we'd all throw down on like a gram and roll a blunt. Right. And I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting right? like a dime bag, you get oh, like yeah. $10, so, for $10 so, worth of buds, so smoke one blunt. So it's funny. We'd get, they'd give us free hockey tickets. So we'd go, we'd get a free hockey ticket. We'd go stand outside, sell it for 20 bucks. And then we'd go to the deal, our dealer and grab weed with that money. Yeah. And it was great. Um, so... I went undecided, didn't really know what I wanted to do for a major. I knew I liked science. I was good at math, stuff like that. So I take a botany class, uh, second semester. My professor was just amazing, Gary Olivetti. And I really, it was a big class, but I like, I felt like really connected. So I went to his office hours one time. and I was like, you know, I just want to talk to him. I think I want to make botany my major. And so I talked to him, go to his office hours. And he's like, you know what? Why do you, so why do you want to be a botanist? I'm like, well, honestly, like I love weed. And he was mad cool. I bet he was an old hippie. I bet he smoked. You know what I mean? And um, so he's like, you know what? Like, you're going to see in the next in the next 10 years, that's going to be a really valid, you know, industry. And yeah. And if it's not, there's tons of other things you can do with botany. So I was like, cool, let's do it. So 
finished up UVM, um, moved back to Maine, and this is like 2010, and that's right when medical marijuana program hit hit Maine hard, and so went got my medical card from Dustin Sulak. Um, it's funny, so Dustin, he's the the starter of Integrate Health, and he was like the premier marijuana doctor on the East Coast. Really got this this whole movement going, the medical movement. But um, he's actually uh, closer related to me than I thought because so my mom's a pediatrician and he did his residency under my mom. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go see Dustin Sulak for my med card. And she's like, what? Dustin's into weed now? <laughs> and he's like the biggest name in, you know, medical, medical marijuana doctor in, on the whole East Coast. So mm. when I saw him, got my card from him. I'm like, yep. So uh, my dad was retired at the point, so where we go, and he lets me grow four autoflowers in the backyard. So we must have planted them was maybe in June, and then they were ready in August. And it was this strain called Lowrider. Is that that's the root the root rouse? So yeah, you don't need a flowering light cycle. Right, it just right. grows in normal daylight. Um, they're small plants. You don't yield a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, but blow, they, you kind of sacrifice the yield for the autoflower. Yeah, but it was that. mad easy. Right, and so. We fish was playing down at uh, Jones Beach. It was like the tour ender. It's like mid August, and I had smokable flour to bring down to that fish show, and it was like straight headies. I was so pumped, so <laughs> proud of it, dude. Just oh, ego, yeah. you know, just <laughs> pumping. Um, so then I actually I did so I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I just finished college. What do I do? My mom was like, well, you know, you should go back to you should go back to grad school or something. I'm like, in what? She's like, well, just just hit up UMaine, maybe like bio, biological engineering. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So I hit up UMaine. This is like August, and they're like, yeah, we still have slots. Uh, send in an application. So I applied, got accepted immediately. There the first week, meet my professor, and he's like, you know, um, we're actually looking for a graduate assistance, and so that basically gets you a full scholarship. They pay you a stipend of you know, $2,000 a month and you help them with their research. And so that's what I did. So I spent three years up there uh, finishing my master's degree in bioengineering. And um, at the same time, started my first indoor grow. Um, just a few, six, six plants for myself and then moved into a new apartment that was a little bit bigger and was able to take on uh, two patients. So I was growing for my family. And so now I was doing 18 plants and finished up grad school. And I I was like, what do I do now? So I'm talking to my professor. I was like, where should I work? What should I do? What's my career? And he's like, well, I had told him about the weed things. So he's like, you, I was like, you want to come see my weed grow? So he comes over there with a couple beers, show, show him my weed grow. He's like, this is awesome. He's like, honestly, you should just do this. So I moved down, down to Wyndham, um, right outside the Portland area, and start growing. We get a house, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, and uh, built a room in my basement. And... Um, you know, still a basement grow, um, not like super professional. So I was there for in there for two years, and I had saved enough m money to, um, you know, build out a big spot. So we built out a spot. The spot, it's like an eighteen lighter, and that's where I've been for the past four years. Nice. Yeah, but um, you know, it's ten ten years of growing takes a lot out of you. I've never not had plants growing. I've never not had plants in flower. Yeah. So. That's you know, it's like having kids. It's like having kids. Yeah. It's stressful. It's hard to get away. You want to go on vacation, have someone watering the plants, taking care of it. Who can you trust? So, yeah. and that's all indoors. I all indoors. Right? All yeah. indoors. I do a few plants outdoor just for fun. Actually, yeah. I think growing outdoor plants is more fun than indoor plants. Definitely. It's cool. A sun something yeah. about sun grown weed. Just it's a totally different just high. Set you know? it and forget it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um. So, but yeah, this March actually my lease runs up there, and I think I'm gonna take a little 
break from from growing you know nice. um much deserved um pot and pan we should have a retail store open by then for recreational marijuana as well as a manufacturing facility to make edibles so that's gonna take up most of my time yeah and you know i I'm going to grow again. I'll grow again. You know, I might yeah. in a couple of years set up another big grow, maybe yeah. just do a small little something um, just for personal. We'll see. You know, yeah. I love the plant. Right. I love working with the plant. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pot and, pot and pan. Let's talk about that a little bit. That's your company that you're a co-owner with and you guys do uh, edibles. Yep. CBD. Yep. So so this was this was like 2014. Um, and we can show these here. That's the CBD. I use this every day. I absolutely love it. This is the pot and pan, uh, one thousand uh, milligrams CBD. Uh, I use it every day. It's great. And so those those are actually that's the, then, our old those that was our old labor. We're doing yeah. a whole whole rebrand. So look for that. Look for that uh, coming up in the future. Um, but then those gummies that I brought, those are our, you know, famous Medicubes. That was one of our first products. Um, and that is with the rebrand. I like these, this packaging. The, uh, the pot and pan packaging has always been really nice. Yeah, we work, so we work with uh, this comp design company called Might and Main. Yeah. Um, they're local. They did like Eventide and Honeypaw and Hugo's. Restaurants. Um, they, a lot of restaurants. Um, they were really stoked to work with us because we were one of their first weed companies. Um, they actually they did seaweed. Um, you guys, you know those guys? The, yeah, yep. I don't know them, but so I know their, I, their store looks great. I haven't I haven't met met them personally. I know um, uh, what's his name? Scott Howard, the owner. He's also the owner of Olivia's Garden. Okay. And so in my grow, we use beneficial bugs, predatory mites, yeah. um, to control so we don't have, you know we don't spray pesticides. Yeah. Um, and he actually he's the supplier for those. So I've been cool. dealing with him just through emails and stuff for um, the past couple of years. Yeah. But I've actually never met him face to face. I always loved the idea of getting bugs in the mail. I just always. Well, no, that. he just dropped them at the gro you, grow you store. You just drop, drop them at the grow you store every person. two weeks and just go pick them up. <laughs> you PayPal them. They just be sitting there in a box for you. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, it's cool. Um, so um, where were we? I don't remember. Okay. Um, we're oh, yeah. We're pond pan, pond pan, pond pan. Yeah. So. Oh, and the and the rebrand, the rebrand. Re so that how, was yeah. How is how is like packaging laws? Let's say in Maine, like is it strict? You guys kind of are able so to do whatever you want. Obviously, you want things to be tamper proof. Like you know, if someone child proof, child tamper. So tamper proof, so you know, someone didn't open your bag of weed and pinch a nug out or something. Right. Child proof is really important too, um, especially for edibles. You do know, they have kids strict laws about making it look like it's not for children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So no animal shapes, no gummy bears, no, you know, stuff like that that you'd see like um, at like a candy store. Yeah. Um, but it's about also being a child resistant bag. So if you see those bags, they have that zipper that, yep. you know, they're hard to open even for adults. Yeah. Especially like if you're, you know, you might have really bad arthritis or you're old, you might have trouble opening that packaging. Yeah. But I mean, help the kids out you know we don't want kids eating a brownie and getting i've heard stories of kids <laughs> eating brownies and just getting wrecked yeah like my no, friend's dog my friend's dog ate oh, uh, yeah, 25 no, milligram we... chocolate and was on the floor for like three days yeah yeah i think that's a very common thing is dogs or yeah. animals that eat anything yeah. dogs eat anything and children yeah yeah that's the last thing you want we want the image of the industry to be is like 
overdosing of like underage kids. It's, it's a bad. It's a bad it's look. A bad it's look. a bad look for the yeah. industry. Um, but so right now, medical has no packaging laws. Um, for recreational marijuana, there's going to be the child trial proof. There's going to have to be a batch number. So if there's a recall on a product for any reason, you can track that down. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be you have to put the dosage on there. Um, you know where where it was sourced from, and then all edibles, just all food products, always have to have the kitchen it was processed in. Mm -hmm. So that's on all of our products anyway. And that's we're so making edibles. We're bound by the state's like food laws too. You know, we're just the same as any bakery right. or restaurant. We have to abide by those rules, and then also follow all the guidelines and regulations from the marijuana program yeah. as well. So that's a lot of yeah, and guidelines. yeah. So get down to testing for quality control. There's no no laws on testing for medical right now. So you can test for potency, you can test for mold, you can test for pesticides, residuals, residual solvents in, you know, your extracts. Is this is this testing? Is this test do you get your your bud tested or your or you're testing your so edibles I, you can, you, once so they're like all made, of it, all, all of it. it. So you test your flower for potency, mold and that and you know all those things. Then you test your extracts for you know, residual solvents. Um, usually the pesticides don't come through if you have it on your weed, but mm -hmm. I think in the, in the recreational program, the weed doesn't test, you can't make extract it. And right. then, then, so then as long as the extracts don't have residual solvents, they come to us at the edible company and we'll have, you know, we'll know, have a potency on them so that we can accurately dose our edibles. And that, so this is where it comes back. So accurately dosed edibles. How many times have you got in that pop brownie, you know, and it just totally Dude, blasted you? Totally I, blasted yeah, you. Yeah, I have to say, you know, when I was growing up smoking weed, making my own edibles, I hated edibles because yeah, I would always make them way too strong. And it's great. I like was so cautious about getting back into them once, you know, we got med and stuff that because I just had that bad experiences. And so how do you how do you know how much is it is in it? It's all a ratio. Yep. So, OK, say your say your products, you know, 80 mm percent, -hmm. you know, you want to you're going to have to put in like. So do you so you're looking at the paperwork that says how much percentage the THC is in the nugget before you even make the edibles. So it's in that. So this is the great thing about uh, extracts coming to the market is now you can actually dose like a gummy product. You can't put flour or butter right. in a gummy or a candy so, product. Yeah, so like so I when I was making edibles, just make pop butter. We're just yeah. making butter. So you guys are taking like distillate or distillate. So this and this is where it's interesting. So you use like a full spectrum BHO that's not already decarboxylated, which means the THC isn't active to you. Right. So when you smoke when you when you smoke or THCA yeah. um and when you heat that it turns to THC delta 9 and that's what gets you high. Right. So if you're using like a BHO or um, a rosin to make an edible, you have to decarboxylate it. So you put it in the oven at a certain temperature mm -hmm. for a certain time and you lose a little bit of mass, um, but then you get, you know, an activated product. Distillate's already decarboxylated. Right. That was and, be my next question. And so this is this is where it's cool. So, you know, you, you do a sour diesel and you're going to get a totally different high than off a Gorilla Glue or off a, of, you know, cookies right. or something. But distillate doesn't have any but, terpenes so in it. So distillate, you take out the terpenes and so you can make distillate with one strain and distillate with a different strain and it's going to be very negligible effects, uh, differences in the effects of the high. You think there's there is a difference? It, in no, the it's ne like not slightly, a, but right. negligible. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, 
people, when they buy an edible, they want a product they can trust. You know, they want to sure. know they're getting That's the same. That's why I use pot and pan CBD. There you go. Every time, you know. So, you know, you want to eat a 10 milligram gummy, you want to go to work, you, and it turns out to be a 20 or 30 milligram gummy, you might lose your job. You know what I mean? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, accurate dosing is huge. So, we'll, we'll, but also, like, if you go and you get a sour diesel edible, and then the next week you try to go get the same bag, but they made them with a different strain. You're not going to right. have the same effect. So you might take one for work and then be totally like indica instead of yeah, like sativa, yeah. you know? But um, if you use distillate, distillate yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can get a very consistent dosage. So in, in the future, I do see us having special runs of strain-specific edibles. Yeah. Like, oh, we're doing this, like, we're doing, doing 500 packs available. That's all we have of this one run of this, you know, whatever yeah. strain. Um, and, but um, for right now, distillate. It's building trust in your customers. That's what's really important. Educating them about the differences of, you know, different strains, what what those effects are, distillate, all that stuff. There's a lot of education that we that we do um, to our customers and to our patients. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I think that might be a good time to take a little break. Yeah. And we'll come right back. Sounds good. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Top Tree State. We're here with Andrew Doolittle, and we were talking about the formation of his company, Pot and Pan. So, do you want to get into how that all started? Yeah. So, uh, me and my uh, co current co-owner, one of the current co-owners of Pot and Pan, Chris Blake, um, he owns the Blazing Ace, the head shop down on Fourth Street in Portland. Good friend of mine. Actually, met him at a smoke shack at Sugarloaf in 2004. And these guys are—they were packing mad bowls. And I was like, these guys are so cool. And they gave gave me a Blazing Ace sticker. And I had it on my put it on my ski helmet. And then I linked up with him a few, few years later. We, you know, hit it off again, once again. And he's been one of my best friends ever since. So him and I are going up to the this cannabis convention, homegrowing show, um, up in Augusta. We go up there, um, we run into these guys from Vacation Land Genetics, and they have a little booth there, and they have these uh hard candy skulls. Um, that were maybe like the size of like a little bit smaller than a ping pong ball. And we, they hooked us up with some and we were like, sweet edibles, like this candy edibles. And I had never really had a candy edible at this point. Mm -hmm. And they told us their recipe to make them. And this is where it's so interesting. This is, this is anyone can go use this recipe. So I encourage you all to go every, all you listeners to go, you know, try this recipe at home. It's super easy. What you do is you buy Jolly Ranchers, you separate them by color right and you unwrap them and you put all of one color into a pot with just a little bit of water just enough to cover the bottom of the pot so then you uh heat heat, heat them up melt them down they'll start to bubble put a candy thermometer in there get it up to um hard crack temperature which is i think around uh it's a candy term there's soft crack and hard crack i know i know it's funny i think it's funny um so get it up to hard crack candy thermometer should just say say where it is and i'm I used to remember, I, I knew it at one time what temperature was, but I'm not in the baking anymore. I've kind of gotten rusty on the actual baking. Um, I handle more of the you business whip it side. You up with some baking soda. No, no, nah, nah, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Um, 
Yeah, never made crack before, never smoked crack. <laughs> Proud to say that. Um, so, um, yeah, so then you get it. You have some molds. You can pull, pour them in ice cube trays if you want or lollipop molds. Just get some molds off Amazon or something. And But before you pour the molds, you last minute you add your, your decarboxylated oil or your distillate. And if you know how um, many pieces you're going to make in that batch, you can back calculate the dosage on that. Mm-hmm. It's a simple math equation um, by knowing the percentage of the of the product going in, the THC percentage, you can easily calculate how much you really need to add. Um, and, you know, if you're off by a few milligrams, not really a big deal and just the home home baker, you know, setting. But as, you know, yeah. a professional company, we need to be exact, expect, so especially how with many milligrams is a re- recommended dose. So the mat. Uh, so, you know, some people like like to take a lot like I can eat up to 100 milligrams. And still, I like and to still take be 100. 100, still be fully but functional. I've been smoking for 15 years. But here, here's know, the thing. Smoking tolerance and edible tolerance are totally, totally different, different things. So you could smoke, a, you know, half ounce a day and a 10 milligram edible might get you wrecked. Right. You could eat 100 milligrams of edibles today and not really smoke. And, and why smoke is, a joint. That, is that? Because it's going from your, in your bloodstream or into your so, uh, digestive uh, it's, system? It's, it's, it's going through your lungs. It's going through your lungs into your bloodstream when you smoke it. And when you eat it it's getting uh digested through your intestine your intestinal intestinal walls mm-hmm. so um it's a slower onset you know lasts longer and you get more bang for your buck off the amount of milligram in an edible compared to in like a fl- the flower you would smoke yeah um so we get the we get this jolly rancher recipe we didn't like do the calculation to test so we just throw like a glob of hash oil in there and we made these jolly ranchers and they Purple ones were good. The green ones were pretty good. The pink ones were terrible. The watermelons, like, don't go for the watermelon. The cherries, <laughs> man. But, like, purple and green and blue, were those were the favorite, my favorites. Um, they still weren't great. And um, so we, so we, uh, we're doing those. We, we give them out to some of our friends. And they were way too strong. So we scared a bunch of our friends on these edibles. Huh. And it, like, was really bad for business because, you yeah. know, give them to a few patients and they're like, Oh, I'm never taking one of these again. Right. So we were like, okay, what do we do? So then we got the cube molds, right? And we, uh, which is our, you know, our standard shape, the MediCubes. That was our first product, the hard candy MediCubes. This is back in 2014. And so, yeah, so we were making these things. We got the cube molds. We tested the oil, decarbed it, and made 10 milligram, 10 milligram. Uh, pieces of hard candy and that's so that's in recreational that's the max dose per piece and, and how and there's a thousand or a hundred milligrams in a in a gram in one gram of t- pure, pure THC, THC there's a thousand milligrams thousand. so if it's if it's at 85 percent you have 850 milligrams in that one gram of oil so yeah we're we're making these things we get the cube molds hard candies and we're like okay let's make a business out of this so mm-hmm. we formed pot and pan in um in 2015 got a licensed kitchen and started making edibles how was the laws in maine on being approved to do that business doing edibles doing edibles opening a unit yeah because like so you have a grow that supplies that yeah so we were just doing them for our ourselves and our patients but in order to sell to patients you and make it like legit. You really need to have a licensed kitchen. You need, yeah, you need a, that's approved like a by the state. Approved like by the state. You know, just as as in like a restaurant or mm-hmm. um, you would do or a bakery. You know, 
And that's that's really what set us aside from a lot of the edible makers at the time is the professionalism. It's all about safety, you know, cleanliness, yeah. having the three base sink, you know, the wash rinse sanitized. And they come in, they inspect you and make sure everything's clean and healthy, um, just as they would with any other restaurant. So we get that license. We're at this uh, this downstairs apartment on St. John Street that we rented from a friend. And we quickly outgrew that spot. So uh, it was a year and a half later, we moved to our current location on Forest Avenue um, in Portland. And that's where we've been. But we're like maxed out there. We, we have two shifts going. So we go from six in the morning till one in the afternoon and then have another one starting at one that goes to 7 p.m. And it's just packed in there. But we're excited because we have a that's going to become our retail store. And we have a new facility we're building out for manufacturing. It's 5,000 square feet. And it's just going to be enormous. Wow. We're, we're scaling up. We're getting. Um, uh, you guys have a great location. Your pot and pan yeah, it's uh, if that's if that's your rec store, that's, that's an gonna amazing be the location. Store. Um, yeah. It's it's uh right on Forest Ave on Woodford's Corner, thirty thousand cars a day drive by. In we've Portland, had, Maine. Portland, Maine. Yeah. We've had our we've had our sign up. People have been seeing that sign. What is that? What is that logo? Right. Yeah. What is that? You, can you walk in there? No, or? no. So what we do? So we're a manufacturer. So right. so this is how it started. So we were making for ourselves, and then one of our caregiver friends was like, "Hey, would you make these for me?" We're like, "Yeah." Like he's and he's like, "Can I bring you this oil to make them?" my oil and we're like yeah and this is, was like an aha moment we were like okay cool we can make a business out of this right so he's going to sell those to his patients meanwhile we had now all of a sudden all of his patients know about pot and pan mm-hmm. so we get a couple more caregivers coming in yeah and it just this is when how you give your product to patients you're you're putting it in your packaging yeah and you could only sell to your patients and this is the time before the uh dispensary all the dispensaries were open all the caregiver stores were open right it was just wellness connection canuva in the area a few other yeah. you know, dispensaries around the state but um the laws changed what was it like 20 i think 2017 uh 2018 maybe is when they allowed uh stores to open and that changed the whole the whole game. Then so many people got their medical cards, and it's essentially the same as going into a rec store, except you pay, you know, it's whatever between like sixty and a hundred bucks to get your card renewed every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that that business idea of just having people bring you their product and then you turn it into. It's like how concentrates that kind of work. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, we were able to get our product in the hands of so many more people than the six patients I was allowed to service. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was it was awesome, and that's how we were allowed to grow. We uh, meet Chris and Carrie John, all uh, my two, my two other partners, and I all put in three hundred and thirty three dollars to start the business, and we haven't had to put any more money in since. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, you I mean, started I, this business off on th- thousand dollars, a thousand dollars back in twenty fifteen. That's business um, people. That. Oh man, it's, it was crazy, but it was totally organic growth, and you know, yeah. and, but we just put it all back into the company. I haven't taken a paycheck from Pot and Pan yet. Wow, I know. Yeah, wow. So, and you've um, been able to do so much more. Uh, Recently, too, you just started a restaurant. I did just start a restaurant. Um, we opened February 7th, so we had five weeks before COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> we had a killer first month, got a lot of great feedback. It's called Ishi Ishi. It's amazing. Um, I eat there a lot. Yeah. And the hot dogs, man. Yeah, we have these Japanese-style street dogs. <laughs> our, our, our specialty, though, is ramen. The ramen, um, yeah. It's great. Um, It's a cool little vibe. And yeah, I encourage you all to come in. We have outdoor seating right now. We'll see. Hopefully everything will be back to normal by next summer. So it's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. a great new business. But it's, it's one str- of the coolest things that I like about 
the, the this place is that you've incorporated your pot and pan CBD into having po- CBD ramen. You mean put CBD in the ramen? If you want to add <laughs> CBD to ramen, it's like a $3 upcharge. We'll do a nice big square. It's like, yeah, like 20, 25 milligrams. And yeah, it's great. No one else is putting CBD, CBD in food yeah. <laughs> like at a restaurant. It's so, great. Yeah. Um, so my business partner, Matt, he's a, uh, for Ishi Ishi, he's a, he's a chef, you know, and I was, you know, restaurants are cool. I knew how to run a business. Um, like, you know, so it was, it all, it all worked out. It's working out. It, it's going to work out. It's just, this is a tough time it's, to have a restaurant, that was man. Like, it's yeah. a tough time. How could you have predicted we that? Couldn't, man. We <laughs> couldn't, man. But we proved the business model. It's going to work. We just have to, you know, hold tough. We're going to survive. We're going to stick it out. Yeah. You know, and we'll be back to normal next summer. For sure. Yeah, I'm confident of that. Yeah. Yeah. The place is great. It's going to do fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit more about CBD. Let's talk about um, how, like... How competitive in Maine is there? A lot of other CBD companies. So there's tons of CBD companies, um, but so it's CBD is interesting, and there's a lot of misinformation about CBD. Not all CBD is equal. Yeah. Um, you want a full spectrum CBD, which means it has all the terpenes. It's less percentage CBD, lower percentage, but it has more of that all those natural plant chemicals. Right. And what do what do what does having terpenes with your CBD do? Because when you have terpenes with THC, uh, the terpenes are what's opening the cannabinoid receptors in your brain. Yes. Yeah, so so ter- the THC is going. Does CBD do a similar thing? It's exactly the same. So terpenes, all they are is they're smell and flavor molecules. That's right. what you smell and taste when you smoke your weed. Right. But um, they're what causes the effect of having different effects. Exactly. Same thing if you do, you know, if you're doing, you know, like mint is soothing or mm-hmm. eucalyptus is, you know, okay. all the, all yeah, this stuff, yeah. all these things, these lemon, essential oils, all these or... essential oils, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. But when you combine that with, you know, a cannabinoid like CBD or THC, it does a totally different effect. Mm-hmm. And that's really the main difference between indicas and sativas are just, the, and all the different effects you get from strains are the terpene blends because it's all the same THC. Right. You know, chemical. Like but this, that's what, that would be distillate. Distillate be. is stripped of its terpenes. Yeah. It's very pure. 90, so that's 80, why 90%. you get the same high. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, uh, I I love the CBD that you guys make. It's like it's the same every time. It's like like you said, it's you you build build a customer base off the trustworthiness of the quality, the continual quality. Exactly. And so there's there's a couple farms that we work with um, in Maine. The stuff we've had for the past year has been Mofgra Certified Maine Organic Farmers uh, Alliance, and it is absolute fire cbd nice so um, cbd is grown in flower as well from female plants or is so it, it's also in male plants so um like cannabis thc cannabis you smoke can have cbd it has cbd I but low this, levels you wouldn't uh, want to you wouldn't want to grow a regular strain just for its CBD. so that's actually there you you would and before you know hemp became legal uh cb like and became a thing um to grow there was like this these strains like Harlequin that was you know that was twenty percent and ACDC those ACDC, are those yeah. are those are cannabis strains that are like twenty to one ratio CBD to THC mm-hmm. um uh, and so yeah it's those strains were bred with hemp industrial hemp plants to make a compliant and it's you have to have less than 03 percent THC in your plant to get it approved. So people are growing these huge fields of hemp. 
sometimes, you know, it's called being hot if a plant is over that over that ratio. Okay. Um, of 0.3 percent. What um, are there different laws for growing hemp or CBD specific flower apart from growing THC flower? Yeah, totally. So hemp is it's a you get a hemp permit. Yeah. And it's they're cheap. They're really cheap. And you can literally do as many plants as you want. It's more of a farmed product. Uh, there's a few yeah. companies out there doing indoor CBD for smokable CBD flower, right. which you can do and you know smoke some CBD flower. You're gonna get a really nice feeling. You're yeah. not gonna get high, I but you'll some definitely of your, feel something. What was that strain that you gave me? Oh. Like it was LA Woman or something. So that like was that? a CBD. That that so LA Woman is one of my favorite strains. Right. I actually brought you guys some LA Woman uh, sugar over there. Nice. Um, but that is. Do we want to show this off right here? Yeah, you want to show that off. Which one is? One, the, it's the the yellower one is the sugar. That's and then that's the diamond. That stuff looks great right is there. Is that the diamonds or the sugar? That's the. It looks like. That's the diamond. That's the I think. Diamond. Let's see the other one. So that's. That's the sugar. So that's L.A. Woman sugar. L.A. Woman has CBN, which is another cannabinoid, and CBN is really good for sleep and it also appetite stimulation. So when I got this weed first, I've had this strain, LA Woman, since 2011 and kept the mother going, and it's probably my favorite high. I so, like it, yeah. So when I got it tested for the first time, the flower, it came back at 14% THC. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is That's so low. low, dude. Yeah. But it had 2.4% CBN. Like, what's a CBN? I hadn't really heard of it before. But what it is is a potentiator. So... That's why you have this feeling, you know, it's so it, it gets you like this bud gets you so high, gives you the munchies. Amazing. I call it like an all day indica. Yeah. Cause it's like, you can sleep on it, but like, it's what's just your so favorite fun. strain to smoke? The LA woman. LA woman for, for high LA woman for flavor. It's you trying to, you trying to blaze the chem 91. You bring a rig. Yeah, we rig? Can, yeah, we can blaze. I got, I got, uh, I got this roach. We can smoke. I'll, I'll smoke a roach. All I'll right, smoke well, a roach. It's not I've like really. I've never seen out of a roach. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, Chem ninety one for flavor. That's that's my flavor strain. Um, but to, my favorite strain to grow, and I think the people. This is actually some Chem ninety one that Trevor really? dropped off last night. No way. Yeah. So Trevor's one of my employees. Um, he's uh all star grower. He's actually going to take over my grow for me when I leave. He's been working with me for over five Trevor's years. Trevor's great. Now. We're going to have him on an episode. So, yeah, this is my weed. This is great. <laughs> Surprise me my own weed. My favorite strain to smoke. Lee's That's giving so me funny. the dirty eye so because we've never blazed in the studio before. Well, get the well it's the filter. middle of the day, get too. Get the carbon filter going. <laughs> might be too loud. Might, might mess with the mics, you know? Classic. Um, yeah, this is a smoking show. This is called Top Tree State, and we blaze here. This is for Tony Friendly. It's all legal. <laughs> Weed's legal in Maine, so that's great. I'm just pulling roaches out of my pocket. Hey, that, that roach yeah. tastes great, though. But that's the great I'm thing game. about the chem. I'm game. I'm Whatever. Yeah. Fuck it. The chem tastes great all the way down. That's mm -hmm. what I love about it. And uh, So what terpenes, uh, what terpene profile takes uh, is um, within the chem? So... Know? Ah, oh, dude, that was a, I should, that was I a tricky question. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, man. We can look it up online. Um, but yeah, this it's that skunky, that skunky, right? Fuely, gassy. Is the, it is the there's a lot of cat chem, piss, chem cat dog piss, you know? strains. Yeah, uh, is the ninety one one of the more original strains? Yeah, so chem, chem ninety one is actually if if my if my knowledge is accurate, um, is 
the, I think, original Chemdog crossed with Skunk 1. And um, if what I have heard is accurate, the stories I've heard, and the knowledge that I've gained about it, um, Chem 91 and Crypt 91 were the two phenotypes that they kept that made it big off that cross. But, you know, weed lore, can you trust it? You know, right. urban legends. The world of breeding, legends. I feel like, has come so far uh, since, like, you know, we started smoking, like you were talking about earlier. When we started smoking in the early 2000s, it was beasters or regs or like that didn't really have a name. Like, like Northern Lights was the first. That was the first time I heard of a I name. Had heard of like a name. Well, we had Blueberry too, because that was a ludicrous good, that was song. A, that was a good. That was a good. Um, Blueberry was like a, a mainstream. That was right. like pretty pretty well grown outdoor. So we we did yeah. have a little bit of that in high school. Yeah, but I don't think the high school kids would like take, get the name when the grower gave it to them. You right. Know, so probably go through. Oh, I who feel would sell like, to a high school kid? I don't even know how I high school feel kids like got in, weed. I yeah, mean, I, don't know how I, I got know, weed. Right? But, like, <laughs> people were just like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people were just making up names at some point, you know? You'd get, like, these really ridiculous names that are, like, uh, you know... And then when that movie Pineapple Express came out and everyone was have, had, you know, pineapple bud or, like, people would be, like, spraying it down with old pineapple juice. I don't know. I like, haven't heard that one before. Oh, really? Oh, really? That, <laughs> oh, one, that man. one, talk about quality control. That's, that would not pass the oh, test. Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in Mass and, like... We didn't see too much bad quality control, but you, I hear about so much bad quality control nowadays. Um, I recently was reading this article about people stretching distillate with gums and or wood resins to make it look like shatter. And this is obviously black market um, things, but like, you know what I mean? To have a different product and like to change product or to like, uh, I was reading another one about um, people putting baking soda on their buds to make it look like more frosty and then people to check if their bud was covered in baking soda taking a little sample and squeezing lemon on it because if it has baking soda on it a little vinegar like those volcanoes it as makes kid, little, those fo foam yeah so we don't really run into that problem up here in maine with quality control well, because there's so much med uh, it's so much on the med market. I rarely even get bud from like a caregiver nowadays. I just go to stores because why wouldn't you? you I know? mean, do you want to go go to your weed dealer's house? It's trash. There's potato chips all over the floor. He's sitting there playing video games in his underwear. You his, know what I mean? Or do you want to go into a nice shop? Hey, man, his dog's <laughs> running around, dude. Cat hair everywhere. Um, yeah, dude. Totally get it, man. But the thing is, is there's not the, no testing requirements, you know, people aren't throwing out entire crops because you get a little bit of mold, you know, you yeah. know, so with the recreational market and those requirements, you're going to be guaranteed getting safe product. Right. Um, but you're going to pay a little bit more and that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but all of us, I every think, single person who's what do you smoked, think is a fair price? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to quickly add everyone here, everyone who has ever smoked weed has smoked some mold and some pesticides. Oh, definitely. You know? Yeah. The amount of it's, powdery mildew that yeah, people have probably yeah. smoked in their life. I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, not my weed. But not your yeah, weed. My weed. I've never smoked um, your weed. But do you have product going into stores at all? Oh, yeah. I saw, So I sell maybe 70%, about 70% of all my products to caregiver stores. Yeah. I work with you know, Atlantic Farms is a big one, um, Cure Cannabis, um, 
Kind & Co. So, you know, we all kind of collab. Um, yeah. I've, been, I've had some product in uh, Canulo Dispensary. I love that about the main community, and that's kind of why I started this podcast, is that the collaboration feeling of it, you know? I mean, there's competition. It's yeah. It's competition, but it really drives a better market. The competition you know, makes people grow better. Like exactly. everyone is growing to one top up, tier one up the next state, person. top yeah. tier state. That's, you know, it's top tier bud. And if you're not growing great indoors in Maine, you're not like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's competitive, but it's collaborative because people are, it's pushing each other. It's very, you know, have you said you've seen, like people have kind of helped you along the way and like, uh, inspiring you to grow better or to teaching you new things about, uh, about growing absolutely and and uh it's like yeah your buddy grows some weed you maybe you guys have the same strain he grows it better you're like man i'm gonna grow it better than him and it makes it kind of that, that yeah. healthy competition really drives the quality of products up mm-hmm. and yeah you learn you know it's like oh like you try this new light it's fucking sick that's what i'm using or like try this yeah. you know you should switch over to the, this uh automated watering system yeah. you know or go on this new nutrient line it's yeah. awesome so there's a lot of that, and that's all that you know happens. But there are maybe the little secrets, the special little tricks, maybe that special compost tea recipe you're using yeah. to add, like you know, make a living soil, like those type of things. People do keep a little secret. Yeah. And there's definitely also with strains. There's some strains people. Yeah, that definitely don't give away, hoard. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is fair enough. Yeah, that keeps yeah. your business separated. If everyone had the same. You know, if everyone was just growing purple punch with, you know, kind of everyone is, it would get boring. You know what I mean? You don't. Yeah, you exactly, diversity. exactly. That's why I go to stores to buy weed. And that's, you that's, could get an eighth of eight different weeds and walk out of there. It's jarred. It's packaged. It's tested. It's proven. It's, it's great. And it's really not that much more money up here than it is like, you know, than the, the than the black market would be, I don't think. Yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah, reasonable. It's price. so reasonable. It's so reasonable. For, especially for medicine. So the, if you're comparing it to like a pharmaceutical medicine that you'd be taking to do whatever, you know, you have your med card for, uh, that's probably would be costing you way more money. Right. I mean, yeah. 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 Health insurance. No. With maybe cheap, with health insurance would be way cheaper. Yeah. Who has health insurance? I have health insurance. <laughs> I play it at the shitload of hard for the marketplace. But, <laughs> I don't know. You never be too careful, man. I don't know if I should say if whether or not I have health insurance, but I don't have health insurance. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing that we should talk about. Maybe on we should show. cut this. <laughs> Sorry to get blazed and getting confused. Um, you guys want to talk politics? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about laws. Where do you see the laws? Because we're coming up on having rec. Um, so, where do you see the laws going in Maine? What are we looking forward to? So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of shops opening up. As more towns opt in to allowing medical, you know, grows and stores, you're going to see it pop up all over the state. Um, but, yeah, what were, we lo- what were we looking for? We're going into people are going to have full access. Tourists are going to be coming up. It's going to bring so much money into Maine in other industries, in hotels, in restaurants, yeah. in Everything with grocery stores all over mm-hmm. public state parks. Just they're going to come up here. See what you can't go to. You can go to Mass. I think there's a couple stores down there. I've heard iffy things about that. You know, like, I don't know. I haven't like been myself. So I haven't and like, you know, yeah. So there's like, going to be 
And who goes on vacation in Massachusetts? You might go up to the Berkshires or something yeah. like that. But all the people that I know that live in Maine are from Massachusetts. So we got the hell out of there. Yeah. I came up here. It's fucking vacation land, bro. Hey, man. Vacation all year Maine. long when you live here. <laughs> but yeah, so people come. They'll go to the beach. They'll go right. camping. They'll do Maine things, but they'll yeah. have the weed. It's, it's very similar to the craft beer industry. You know, yeah. people tr- come up, you know, and they'll, you know, go hit all the breweries in town and then drive up farther north. You can, you can hit 100 breweries within like for sure like yeah. two hour drives you know yeah so um same with weed you know and that's where when you have this one specific strain you can only get one place people are going to be coming into your store definitely and yeah that'll that'll definitely be a thing with the rec market is and so specific strain. as like an as an edible manufacturer pond pan is we're going to have products that are at all the stores you know what i mean like a gummies mm-hmm. or chocolate bars stuff like that but at our st- retail store, we're going to have special stuff like the special, like special pumpkin spice donut in the fall. I mean, I don't really like pumpkin spice. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so or like like s'mores bars kits. So have you seen those those no. ones? So we homemade graham cracker, medicated chocolate bar, and it comes with homemade marshmallows. So you just take out your you can do it over a fire, but you can take out your torch like you would dab with. Oh just God. toast up your marshmallow. They are Brilliant. straight fire. Brilliant. Straight fire. Our bake, right. our head baker over there, Tara, is she's really incredible, really talented. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. I love the idea of toasting a marshmallow with a dab torch, like on a little dabber. <laughs> oh, um, man. but yeah. So stay tuned for some cool stuff from us because yeah, cool, sweet. We're thinking probably for January, February, March. Yeah. By the time this all figures out, but nice. Yeah. All right. Word. Well, that I think that about wraps it up. I have a gift for you for coming on the oh. show. Um, it's, a, it's a VHS copy of Phantoms. Wow. Uh, it's a demo tape. Um, it says video box art may vary. 55-day PPV window. Uh, a chillingly original thriller of Ben Affleck. Oh, I love Ben. I love Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is a bomb in fans. So that's for you. Well, I uh, think my parents still have a VHS player at their house. That's awesome. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> sign it for you. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm gonna draw a little mustache. Not on, on Affleck. On ben Affleck. No, not on Affleck. Should I, I'll draw a mustache on everyone because it's just like a hilarious thing to do. This guy gets a curly one with a beard. Ben Affleck has one like I'll, I used to have. I'll do. A, yeah, I remember that. Those were crazy. And then I'll just throw glasses on her and I'll say, uh, thanks. Here you go. Love you, buddy. I love you, dude. Thank you for coming on the show.